Rabbi Daniel Swartz, spiritual leader of Temple Hesed in Scranton, speaking on Art Scene recently. You're part of the Shemmel Forum World Affairs seminars in February. Yes, and I'm really excited about that. It's a great, really a great resource in our community for years and years now, the Shemmel Forum, and has brought so many important issues and so many really interesting thinkers. And I'm very excited to be part of that and to be able to to address these issues with the people there and to hear their questions and to see what we can think together. But whether we're able to all sit in the same room together or be in the same Zoom room together, you know, it is a chance for us to be thinking together in this area about what can we do and how can our faith systems help us as we try to take the actions that need to happen. Rabbi Daniel Swartz, spiritual leader of Temple Hesed in Scranton, speaking recently on Art Scene in anticipation of a program he'll be presenting on February 10th as part of the World Affairs Luncheon Series hosted by the Schemmel Forum at the University of Scranton and expressing his enthusiasm about the opportunity. In doing so, Rabbi Swartz gives us an insight into why so many people enjoy and value taking part in Schemmel Forum offerings. It's an opportunity for civil conversation about important matters. The spring 2022 semester begins on February 1st, and we had a chance to talk with Sandra Myers, Senior Fellow for International Civic and Cultural Projects and Director of the Schemmel Forum at the University of Scranton about what's in store. It's exciting. Of course, it's much more exciting when they all can come in person. But we, uh, we are resilient, uh, adaptable people, and uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> you always start by telling us that the Schemmel Forum has different aspects to it. Yes. It's a education program for out-of-school adults, but in-school adults or children can come. They're, they're welcome. But it was designed to give them kind of a subculture of learning together. And some of them, uh, particularly in these days where we're not in person, we have some people from out of town that have taken on the Shemmel Forum and find it extremely interesting and exciting. And you have always a vision, no matter what you do, Sandra, civic education, education for our lives as we live them. And this is part of that. Yes. Well, as, as my interests have not changed from the arts and humanities, but grown civic because I'm an American, because our, our citizenship expects a lot of us. And I want people to be engaged and armed for what they have to offer, because it is a job. It is a job for Americans, I think more than in most democracies. We expect to be the, the people who make the decisions. And as you know, I write a lot of letters to the editor, and almost all of them end with something like, it's up to us. You know, we want change. It's up to us. So that's, that's kind of evolved in my life to take on central importance. And there are ways we can engage whether it be in courses or whether we can get into a seminar, one guest Mm -hmm. at a time. Yes. The standard is high. Whatever, Whatever the format is, 
I aim for the gold. Go for the gold. And the courses are drawn from your own wonderful stable of professors. Yes, yes. We always, the courses are given by faculty members. And as the speakers are coming from any place in the world. And, uh, and it works. It's a, good, it's a good balance. And the courses are just six weeks long, you know, an hour, an hour and a quarter a week with some, some reading to do. But the people from our faculty who want to do them really love to do them because our people ask questions. And regular students can sit sometimes through thick and thin and say nothing. There are some wonderful students, of course, ask questions and have answers. But the Schemmel people really love to be in the, in the game. Well, let's start with the courses then. Okay. Someone who has done quite a few of our courses, and he is without end to the ideas that he has to do with them. And this time, is of all things, the course is called James Bond in the Cold War. So even no matter what it's about, it's going to draw people in, and it is already drawing people in. And I would like to tell you what, what he's going to do, and so I'll read what he says he's going to do. One of the most famous fictional characters to come out of the British Isles, Ian Fleming's super spy, James Bond, has been a constant presence in books, films, video games, and merchandise for almost 70 years. I did see the latest one. I went to the movies, which was like a big deal, (laughs) and I saw the James Bond. This course will put Bond back into the context of the Cold War from the 1950s to the 1980s, We'll begin with an examination of Fleming's novels and how they connect to his background in espionage, and then move to the films from the Connery to Dalton eras, ranging from Dr. No to The Living Daylights. So I guess, as you can imagine, that's attracting a lot of people. (laughs) And I didn't realize how much, what a kick I would get out of the first movie that I've seen in a long time, going to see James Bond. There's just something about it. They're not the best movies in the world, but they are special. And I went with my grandson, and we like to go to the movies together. Dr. Brennan is a professor of history, so you know he's not just going to be a film critic. Yeah, oh yeah. He has wonderful ideas in European history. I mean, a specialist in Russia, but he is purely a a European historian. And uh, one of our newer faculty members in philosophy is doing something which you can imagine I love. It's called Moral Citizenship, the Enlightenment Vision of the Ethical Community. So uh, what does it mean to be a citizen? Upon what basis can it be said that we have an obligation to the common good? In order to answer these perennial questions in political philosophy, we will examine a vision of society put forward in the Enlightenment the vision of the ethical community. We will explore the ideas of four central Enlightenment figures, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Immanuel Kant, Johann Fichte, and George Hegel, paying particular attention to their views on how moral principles inform their political ideologies. And we certainly need that in this very strange moment in our own history. And our third course 
And I was so happy that this uh, guy was available because he had been in London for, I think, a whole year with their police force in London. He's calling Police as Guardians in a Time of War. This course will first discuss the Anglo-Pelian roots of police as maintainers of order. Findings from key court cases and commissions on policing will serve as an overview of the modern history of policing in the United States. That's going to be something. The course will conclude with present controversies in policing and debate ideas for aligning the need for maintaining orderly communities with the mandate of ensuring justice. And I'm really thrilled that Michael Jenkins, a very talented person, and a very important subject. So those are the three courses. Oftentimes, the people are mostly there, people from out of town, but I certainly couldn't resist Rabbi Daniel Swartz coming after he had been at the Vatican with a discussion of the environment. And so I put him right in there and he is the rabbi at the Temple Hesed, and he's the executive director of the Coalition on Environment and Jewish Life. And he's recently traveled to the Vatican to take part in an ongoing multi-faith effort to address climate change. And we know that's probably one of the, well, it is one of the most important areas that we are not doing a great job in. And it's good to have someone in the community who really can help the rest of us here to take seriously the dangers we put ourselves in by not paying attention to the environment. And also, of course, we've been talking about democracy and the dangers that it's in. So we have coming back to us from the new school in New York, Elzbieta Matinia. She's a professor of sociology and liberal studies and director of the Trans-Regional Center for Democracy Studies. She um, is an international figure, Polish-born, but has lived here for most of her adult life and still retains a very European perspective as well as an American one. So it, it's a rich, a rich mix of things. So she's... Uh, talking about uh, the state of democracy today at home and abroad, which a lot of us are talking about. Why have illiberal democracies evolved, particularly in Eastern Europe, European countries, and a drift toward illiberalism in the U.S.? And we've noticed that it's all too close to us at this moment in our history. There is this move towards authoritarianism that endangers well, every day endangers our democracy. So Elzbieta will be strong on that. Her own country, Poland, is going that direction, as are the other Eastern European countries. What has become of the peaceful revolution associated with the fall of the Berlin Wall? Those things are memories now, and we need to hold them in our memories because we can do better. We have to do better. We have to. Um, then we're having a new Scrantonian, who's the new head of the Everhart Museum, and she is quite a scholar, and she is going to be talking about why did Hitler have a color-coding system in concentration camps? 
Why are color names like yellow and red associated with racial slurs? Well, I won't tell you the answers to those because if you take the course, you're going to find out why. So it's called Linnaeus Legacy, Corrupting Color to Serve Discrimination and Exploitation. It's a very scholarly uh, approach that she's taking to that, which I think will please our people. Then we have, well, someone I know quite well, my son David Myers and his wife, Naomi Stolzenberg. They are talking about, it's a fascinating story about a town, I guess you would call it, called Curious Joel. It's a legally recognized municipality in New York made up entirely of strictly Orthodox Jews. How did this town come into being? Does it grate against the separation of religion and state in American politics and law? Or is it a peace with strong, often religious communities that have found their place on the landscape in our country? Well, we could find some answers to those questions if you come to hear both of them talk, David Myers and Nomi Stolzenberg. They'll be speaking together, and they have a new book out on the, the very subject of this course, American Shtetl, The Making of Curious Joel, a Hasidic Village in Upstate New York. Yeah. And coming back to us from Harvard now, had been at Cornell, but he's continued to be with us on many occasions, Frederick Logival, the American historian. Presently, he has been writing and he's producing now the second book on JFK. And he is calling it Window into the Presidency the White House tapes and their meetings. And we've heard about White House tapes before. Well, these are different tapes, and we'll see what they're about. He said, for a brief 11-year period, from 1962 to 73, three American presidents secretly recorded high-level White House deliberations concerning Thai policy issues. What do these extraordinary tapes reveal about the affairs of state during a tumultuous period of American history? Join us, and we will consider this question and hear some of the recordings with Harvard historian Frederick Logival. And Fred has spoken to our group many times, and we enjoy having him, and he enjoys coming here. He's a prize-winning figure in American history, and he is very welcome here. And then we have a Scrantonian by birth who is a Russia expert, and she is Jill Doherty, CNN's Moscow bureau chief for almost a decade, a Russia expert. She is now an adjunct professor at Georgetown University, and we are thrilled to have her. I met her when she was with CNN at Moscow. Now she's a CNN on-air contributor. And uh, she is going to speak on Russia and the post-truth society. Is that wonderful? That sounds like Russia, and uh, it sounds like something that is being more than seriously touched upon in this country. So there you go. And we have, um, this is interesting. I never knew Father Schemmel, but lots of people that I know did. People on campus and one of the families in the region, the Munley family, lived next door to Father Schemmel, and they have 
tons of fun stories to tell about him. I guess he was not only very wise, he was also wonderful company, and they would take him on all their vacations with them. <laughs> so I unfortunately don't know him, but a couple of years ago came into my office a message from a nephew of his, and he has a brother, and the two of them want to come here and tell us more about Father Schemmel. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a special program. It's on Monday, April 25th, and it's during the day. It's going to be at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So one of them, Christopher Schemmel, Ph.D., he's president of something called Delta Q Consultants, and courtesy professor, chemical engineering. He's an expert on fires and explosions. <laughs> so there, that has to be interesting, fascinating, especially since we encounter those things frequently. Then there's Brother Mario, and after 15 years in industry and 15 years in academia, he's become a Trappist monk for the past 10 years. So these brothers will be talking to us, and I know it's going to be fun. And it's going to be held in the late afternoon with a reception to follow. And we hope that lots of our people will be really interested in it because they, they sound good. And uh, we're going to have a bus trip, hopefully. Everything is what if, what if, what if in this pandemic. But we hope to have a bus trip, and it's likely to be in New York. Although Philadelphia is in the running, they have made some changes at their museum, and it sounds like it could be very interesting. However, uh, we haven't made the decision yet, and you'll see what, what, what we decide. And that's about it. And you just said, what if, what if? You're planning to hold these in an in-person way, but if need be. Yes, yes. And that's how, you know, we've learned to do that because otherwise, in this past year, we would have been nowhere. And so our people were so grateful to have the opportunity. Some of, some of them may want to continue that way for a time or forever. But we do have some people from out of town who really appreciate the uh, online program. So Shema lives. <laughs> Sandra Myers, Senior Fellow for International Civic and Cultural Projects and Director of the Shemmel Forum at the University of Scranton, speaking about the 2022 Spring Schemmel Forum offerings beginning on February 1st and running into April. For more details on the web, scranton.edu, scranton.edu slash Schemmel Forum. And Schemmel is spelled S-C-H-E-M-E-L, Schemmel Forum. And Sandra told us we'll even get to hear the nephews of Father Schemmel, for whom the forum was named and who inspired its ideals. It's the Schemmel Forum at the University of Scranton, getting underway with courses on February 1st and also with the World Affairs Luncheon Series. That one's getting underway February 10th with Rabbi Daniel Swartz of Temple Hesed in Scranton talking about 
the time he has spent in the last year preparing a joint statement with faith leaders around the world and scientists that was signed in the Vatican on October 4th this past fall and sent to Glasgow for the 26th UN Conference on Climate Change. So that gets things underway with the World Affairs Luncheon Series and more. For all details, scranton.edu slash forum.